a legendary figure comes full circle into the general manager's seat for the Los Angeles Sparks. Karen Bryant, let's meet her. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. Welcome to the for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, thanking you for making us your first listen every day, even as my voice is coming back slowly but surely. Of course, it's not just me. The voice is, fortunately, 100% for them, of everyone over at The Next. Go to thenextsoups.com and check out what we're doing. We have a 23% off sale right now in honor of 2023. Make sure you're getting all the coverage, over 100 reported pieces every month over at thenextsoups.com. And I am here to provide you a window into Karen Bryant. Karen Bryant, who many years ago, you don't have to say how many, with the ABL and the Seattle franchise, was the general manager at age 30. Now, full circle, here she is back, general manager of the Los Angeles Sparks, part of an executive team that includes Kurt Miller, this head coach with a lot of basketball input, as you could imagine, with somebody with Kurt's background, and Eli Horowitz, who comes from the PR side, but Eli somebody I've happened to know for many years, who is very capable on analytics and is going to be an assistant GM. It's really intriguing. So I want to get into it. We had some interesting conversations about what they're emphasizing, what they value, how this all happened. So I'm going to share with you a bunch of excerpts from the press conference we had, and they went nice and long to their credit, answered every question, which really means a lot when you are talking the talk about covering the WNBA, you got to walk the walk. And that's what the Sparks did there yesterday. So without further ado, I'm going to turn you over to our conversation with Kurt Miller and Karen Bryant. This is Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm Howard McDowell. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We are so excited to announce our chief administrative officer and general manager, Karen Bryant, and our head coach, Kurt Miller, um, together for the first time for our introductory media availability. So I'm going to kick it over to our general manager, Karen Bryant, to kick us off. Karen, go ahead. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. I'm uh, excited, excited to be back in the W. As, as many of you know, I see some familiar faces and names. Um, the W has been a first love of mine since the league launched, started my journey in women's pro basketball 27 years ago this year, and I could not be more humbled, honored, excited to be back in the WNBA and to be doing it with uh, an iconic franchise like the Sparks in uh, a world-class city that I have fallen in love with over the last 18 months. Many of my family members, if, if you, you would have said that to them 20 years ago, they would have never believed you, but I have really enjoyed my time in LA the last year and a half and look forward to calling it home very soon. Um, and I think equally importantly, so much of this journey and where I am in my career is who you're doing it alongside. And I could not be more thrilled to have my partner here 
um, Kurt Miller, Vanessa Shea, our president. Um, I was actually intimately involved in the search, really excited about collaborating with Kurt, Vanessa, and obviously Eric Holloman, our, our managing partner, and Magic Johnson, and the rest of our ownership group. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time for the Sparks. And again, I'm just, I'm excited to be back and um, consider this a, a, a significant privilege um, for me to sort of add this to my time in women's sports and, and most importantly, and most notably, my time in the WNBA. I'm gonna let Kurt make an opening comment and then we'll open the floor. Thanks for joining us. Again, happy new year, you guys. Thank you for joining us today. Um, echo a lot of what KB said. Um, you know, this journey for me coming to the Sparks was all about great people. And through the process of speaking with KB, through the hiring process, um, it just, we had so much aligned, so much of the same collaborative thinking and wanting to build this with great people and alongside of great people. So um, again, it feels like I've hit the ground running for a few months now really excited about today and, and some of the recent announcements about our staff, but so happy to be in LA, looking forward to upcoming free agency and then ultimately the 23 season. Great, thank you both, Karen and Kurt. Uh, we are gonna get started with questions. Uh, just a reminder, if you could put your full name and your affiliation on your Zoom name, just so I can make sure I could call on you, that would be great. Uh, we'll get started with Tukni Nguyen from the LA Times, and then we'll go to Rashawn Haylock. Tukni, go ahead. Hi, thanks for your time, Kurt and uh, Karen. It's good to meet you virtually. Um, I guess I just want to start with you, Karen. Obviously, free agency starting in about two and a half weeks with negotiations. What's kind of what are going to be your top priorities in your new job as you head into this really critical free agency period? Is it two and a half weeks? I'm I'm counting counting the minutes. Um, you know, I think as Kurt said, we've hit the ground running. We obviously announced my role yesterday and our new staff today. Um, look, I personally um, have have a learning curve, have a steep learning curve. It was it was not the intention when we started this process that I would end up in this role. That said, I accept it humbly and and gracefully, and could not be more excited about the experience and talent and knowledge that we have amongst this amazing staff that we're putting together. But yeah, we obviously have a lot of priorities. We have the most cap space in the league. Um, you know, we're excited to get to get going and have spent the last several weeks um, really drilling into our depth charts and the opportunities out there and unrestricted and restricted free agents and potential trade conversations, but we're gonna be super active um, most of that obviously has been behind the scenes, but come the 11th and 21st, um, the Sparks are going to be really aggressively in the market. And this is a critical year for us. Kurt and I are here to help lead a transformation on the basketball side of the organization. And we have a lot of work to do, um, but we're really excited and optimistic about kind of the foundation um, that we're going to build for sustainable success for the franchise on the court. Just a follow up if, if it wasn't the intention to have you end up as a general manager, how did you get? into this job? How did that conversation kind of Yeah, start? great, great question. So I think as many of you um, may know, um, after ownership group decided to transition um, away from Derek Fisher, we started the general manager shirts right away. Of course, Coach Williams finished out the season as head coach. So, you know, those conversations actually began in earnest very quickly. And through the process, you know, talked to a lot of, a lot of candidates, vetted a lot of candidates, um, at the end of the season, when we decided to initiate the head coach search, um, 
in those conversations and through that process, as we narrowed down that list, and ultimately when we made the decision to hire Kurt, um, through our conversations and getting to know each other, I've obviously had so much respect for him from afar, have watched the success he had um, in college in Indiana, and then of course with the Connecticut Sun, um, very quickly, just there was a bond that was built and Kurt mentioned this, but we really very quickly realized that there was a lot of alignment and I think a really unique partnership in terms of how we were going to work together. And so as we continued through the process, we got to the end and um, a conversation was brought up by ownership about me possibly stepping into that role. And Kurt and I had a heart to heart conversation about it. I would not be sitting here today as the GM of the Sparks without his full support and confidence in my ability to add value to what he brings and the rest of our staff. So yeah, unexpected for me, I think ultimately unexpected for the organization, but as we sit here today as partners, I, I think we're both extremely thrilled and confident about our ability to collaborate and lead this organization going forward. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? then you got to try a Built Bar. Why eat fruits and vegetables when you can eat something with real 100% chocolate, even though they have churro flavors, peanut butter brownie, coconut almonds, so many more, they somehow have only 130 calories and four grams net sugar with an amazing 17 grams of protein. I eat them everywhere I go. My family eats them wherever we go. We have largely replaced the need to figure out a snack with, well, just grab a built Bar. And that's what we do. It's what I do when I'm on my way to a broadcast. It's what my family does when they're on their way to an event. So now you don't even need to wait around to get a box. For years, you've been ordering them at built.com. Now you can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, <clears throat> coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Built Bars. Don't miss them. All right, we'll go next question to Howard Magdal and then Andy from the Chicago Sun-Times. Howard, go ahead. Thank you, <clears throat> KB and Kurt. Great to see you both. Happy New Year. Um, I'd love to drill down uh, with a pair of questions for you, KB, if I could, uh, about approach. Uh, one is, as you talk about having patience and looking for a longer-term build, you're obviously doing it in the context of a team uh, that doesn't have a first-round pick this year, um, but obviously, you know, in Seattle, we're so successful building around that number one overall pick, uh, Sue Bird. Uh, and I guess I just wonder, as you think about building a roster, how much you think it's necessary, especially at this moment where the salary cap is so tight and it's so difficult to bring in people on free agency, how much the draft factors in uh, to what you're thinking about building? Yeah, great, great question, Howard. Nice to see you again and, and chat. Um, yeah, it, it's important. I mean, you look at the history and you look at sort of the path that that teams have to championship and the finals and top draft picks is a, is a critical piece. So we're super mindful of that. We are obviously keenly aware of our current position in the draft. Um, there's lots of dialogue about opportunities for us to 
maximize that position. Um, it is what it is, and and we'll make the most of it. I mean, one of the things that really excites me about Kurt and my ability to really lean on him and the rest of our staff as we make these decisions, not only in free agency, but as we prepare for the draft in April, is his draft success. You know, taking players like Heidemann and Carrington in the second round, Bree Jones as a late first round pick. I mean, he knows talent. And regardless of where we're in the draft this year, next year and beyond, I have every confidence that our staff is going to evaluate talent in a way that's going to give us an edge to use the position we have to make our teams better. And related to that, a strength of Kurtz has also been his understanding and ability to use analytics. Obviously, hiring Eli is another nod toward that as well. I just I just wonder how much that is an additional point of emphasis in the group you're putting together here vis-a-vis, you know, what it has been over the last few years for L.A. Yeah, that has been a real theme. It was a theme during the process of conversation with not only head coaching candidates, but general manager candidates. I mean, as I said at the outset, I've been doing this for 27 years, which means I'm old. So technology still scares me. Um, but, you know, we've already talked about what Eli brings to the table and, and Nola Henry. I mean, I was really struck by our conversations with Kurt and how much Connecticut used bench technology and technology in general. So we have already made mammoth strides in the Sparks organization in terms of the infrastructure and analytics kind of framework that we're setting up and are already using compared to where the organization was this time a year ago. So um, innovation, technology, um, analytics will be center to everything we do here. Thank you both. All right, we'll go next question to Annie from the Chicago Sun-Times and then we'll go to Mark Schindler. Annie, go ahead. Hey guys, how are you both doing, Kurt? It's, it's good, good to see you. I haven't seen you since the summer. Um, over the last couple of years, um, you know, the Sparks have lost significant free agents and I, I, you know, none more significant than Candace. Under the assumption that, you know, she is back in 2023, how will you, how can you guys gauge the priority you'll put on selling her on a return to the franchise that, you know, she helped build? I mean, clearly, Candace's relationship with this city, this franchise is well known. And, you know, we are as keenly interested as any party as to what Candace may decide she wants to do. And um, when the time is right, look forward to um, paying attention to that and engaging in conversations if the opportunity presents itself. But clearly, we're, we're not in a position to do that and have had no dialogue. And um, we will be sort of anxiously waiting to see what comes out of her camp and, and what she's thinking. But clearly, the relationship that Candace Parker has with the Los Angeles Sparks is, is special. And there's a lot of success there and a lot of rich, rich history. She's among a long list of players who have worn this uniform um, who mean a lot to this franchise and mean a lot to this city and mean a lot to our game. Um, that will be duly noted by all of us here. Mm. Oh, Kurt, I don't know if you have anything to add, just given, yeah, like you mentioned, your experience coaching her um, in 2015. Yeah, in, in general, 2015 really impacted me as I started my journey in this league and, and a big piece of the reason why I've come back to LA. Uh, with that said, you know, not uncomfortable talking about uh, great players around this league that aren't currently under contract with us and 
um, as free agency starts for those players on the 21st. Look forward to um, some tremendous conversations and echo a lot of what KB said, but we'll wait to the 21st, Annie. Okay, I'll check back. Okay. <laughs> All right, we do have time for a couple more questions. I'm trying to get through everyone, so appreciate your patience. Uh, we'll go to Mark Schindler and then Jackie Powell after that. Mark, go ahead. Uh, first of all, great to see you both. Hope the holidays have treated you well. Um, Karen, I wanted to ask a follow-up to something that you mentioned. Obviously, you've worked a ton in, on the business side uh, after transitioning out from, from Seattle. And you mentioned kind of, uh, you know, getting back into like evaluations and uh, diving back into that. What is that process like for you into really digging deep into basketball again and, and, and getting that front of mind? Um, rusty, learning curve, lots of late nights, lots of... Um coaching sessions. I have a great, I have a great coach. Um, no, so I'll tell you, I'm, I, I do, I have a learning curve here. I have a tremendous confidence. Again, I wouldn't have accepted this responsibility if not for the people around me and they're going to, they're going to make me better. And, um, it, it's, I'm energized by the opportunity. It will be a challenge. It will be a, a stretch opportunity for me, but at this stage of my career, um, I want to make sure I'm continuing to challenge myself and grow and develop new skills. And I have so much love for the game. So to think about sort of where I am in my career and come back to sort of where I started, I think, as many of you know, um, I started in pro women's basketball with the Seattle reign of the American Basketball League and within 18 months assumed the general manager position there at the age of 30 years old. So, you know, 25 years ago, I held this very same title. And uh, I'm excited to be back and, and with this group of people, but um, it's, I've got a lot of homework, um, leaning a lot, as I said, on the staff, particularly Eli, um, to pull data together and, you know, just lots of conversation, creating our depth charts, our war room in terms of how we prepare. But um, I'm, I'm confident that what I bring to our process and our preparation will be accretive to the talent evaluation and player personnel knowledge that our staff has. But, but I'm excited to get after it again, and um, I could not be more energized. Awesome. Mark, Mark, I, I'm, this, I have to jump in here because sure. KB's energy uh, to attack this role has been uh, top-notch. Uh, we're never off the clock. And her passion for the Sparks, but her passion uh, to build this and, and be in this role has been second to none. Um, I, I thought I had a strong work ethic. I mean, I get messages from KB all, all day. And then I'm a morning person back in Indiana a lot in the off season. So I'm texting her at three in the morning, her time, and she's answering me and I'm still getting texts at midnight, you know, my time. And uh, it, it's just been an unbelievable partnership, but her passion, uh, how talented is she's way too humble in talking about her learning curve um, because she is on top of this and she understands this league. And most importantly, she wins and she knows how to put winning teams together. And so she's way too humble. Um, but her passion for this has been unbelievable. Awesome. Thank, I, I, thank you, Kurt. I'm humbled by that. I think the last thing I'd say, I think, you know, my tenure with the storm is I'm, I'm most known for sort of my roles on the business side of the operation. But, you know, I, I hired Ann Donovan, I hired Brian Agler, and now I've hired Kurt Miller. So I know how to pick them and have a have a track record winning championships with coaches. Um, and, I, and I also just, I also know, you know, my strengths and my limitations. 
So I think, again, you'll hear it often, but the collaboration and the partnership here is what makes us greater than some of our parts. And uh, I couldn't be more excited to be in this with Kurt Miller. Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills. I've been really impressed with my experience with LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, it's made a huge difference as I've tried to fill writing jobs over at the next. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Awesome. Thank you. All right, we'll go next question to Jackie Powell, and then we'll go to Edwin Garcia. Jackie, go ahead. Hi, all. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, Karen, first for you, I'm curious if you can take me through the decision tree you went through to expand the front office in the way that you did, and if you can explain how the caliber of investment across the league in the front offices has changed the most since mm -hmm. you've been involved in this league. Yeah, I, I think um, I think first and foremost, um, you know, the decision to to recognize, and this was probably one of the quickest, easiest decisions that I made uh, alongside ownership, is to to split the role. I think you look at sort of where the league is going and the stressors, and the skill sets, and the time and energy, physical, emotional, mental focus that goes a, into being a championship caliber head coach in the WNBA and a championship caliber general manager in the WNBA. And I think we have deep appreciation for the skill sets and the partnership that can and should emerge from a collaboration between a head coach and a general manager. And so very early, that was the, that was the first of the decisions in the decision tree. And as I talked about earlier, um, started the GM process first. Um, you know, there isn't a sort of natural pipeline for general managers yet in this league. Yep. Um, and so, you know, we vetted a lot of candidates, talked to a lot of different people. Um, we're still in that process when the end of the season came and we decided to start a search for a new head coach. And so very early on in the coaching search, started having conversations with coaching candidates about the GM role and the GM pipeline. And as Kurt and I got more serious in our conversations, that's sort of where the decision tree and the process started to focus on, you know, what kind of partnership we could build together. And very quickly, I think we aligned around, this is exactly where we wanted to be for this point in time for the LA Sparks. And to follow up before I ask Kurt something, what did you learn in that process about what the GMing pipeline looks like right now in the WNBA? Uh, you know, just innovation, hustlers. I have so much respect for the GM roster in the WNBA. Have known many of them for a long time. Some of them are newer. Um, so, you know, I look about, I look at sort of who I'm stacked up against and have a tremendous amount of humility around the caliber of general managers. Um, and, you know, just the way the CBA has evolved, even in the time that I've been out of the league, the sophistication, um, the margin between good, better, and best 
in the WNBA. So I think sort of what encouraged me about learning through the process is that I have confidence in sort of some of the skill sets that I bring and my business acumen and my strategic approach and my decision-making process, my understanding of risk management, my negotiating skills. I think all of those are really important to being an effective GM. Uh, and even though I've been out of the game and, and do have a learning curve in terms of the talent evaluation and pipeline, um, that's where I really lean on, on one of the best in the league right here and Kurt. And Kurt, for you, I'm curious if you can describe how different this might be for you now that you don't yourself have to be pushing all of the levers um, and how you imagine your day-to-day -day changes from what you were doing in Connecticut. Yeah, my uh, experience in the WNBA, Jackie, has been interesting. I, I took uh, the head coaching job in Connecticut without the GM role and walked into an incredible situation to work with Chris Sienko and we were so aligned. Um, and then his resignation led the opportunity to wear the dual hat. And it was before the CBA, the recent signed CBA. And the GM role wasn't as difficult, frankly, um, when I first took on the dual role. After the CBA, the role of the GM has taken on a whole new angle and it is a full-time job mm -hmm. and you see the trend uh just you know it seems like just a few months ago we still had half the league nearly as you know um half the league wearing the dual hat of gm and head coach and now i think we're down to james maybe only as the dual hat um gm head coach left so you really see the trend starting that the GM role is much more complex, much more difficult than it once was, and it is a full-time job. Those conversations and, and with players, you know, during my experience in Connecticut, when I put my GM hat on, those conversations were at times different than when I had my head coaching hat on. And that is confusing at times to players that the same person is having different types of conversations. Coaches want to win now. They're judged on the now. GMs are constantly trying to build for a championship, but also sustainability for the franchise. And so um, it, it was a, a difficult challenge. And one, when this offseason humbly was reached out to by numerous franchises, um, to have an opportunity to just concentrate on the coaching was very intriguing to me again and looking forward to it. And the trust that I felt from KB and from above that you know, the collaboration that would continue despite not being the dual hat would be there. They understand that while I may not be picking the ingredients anymore, I still got to cook. As the head coach, I'm cooking, but they understand that, the, that I'm cooking with the ingredients that GMs essentially ultimately have to choose. And so that collaboration is so important. And I feel that trust and uh, the alignment that we have right now in LA. Thanks for making Locked on Women's Basketball your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Dame to Dame NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Dame to Dame covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow Dame to Dame on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts.